the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A simple glance around our society, and man, you get the idea. Things are bad. We'll talk about that next. It doesn't take much watching of the news to understand just how bad things are. The fact is, uh, they'll probably get even worse. So how do we deal with terrible times? I'm glad you asked. We have some answers for you today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. If you'll join us today for the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, as we take a look at the terrible times and the answer to these terrible times from the Apostle Paul's perspective. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's program. We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 on down to 10. And I want to share something with you about that's kind of been stirring in my spirit. And I think it's important for all of us as we're uh, looking at what's going on all around us in the world. One of the hardest things that we will ever do as Christians is, is be in the world, but yet not of the world. I want to I just say that again. One of the hardest things that we'll ever do is be in the world, but yet not of the world. The world is going down a certain path. And the thing that I always look at, you know, a lot of times people try to, try to sense the spiritual climate by what is going on in the White House. What is going on in politics? That's not how you discern what's going on in the world. In a lot of ways, that could be a distraction. One of the things that we have to do as men and women of God is constantly, constantly be in a position where we're analyzing what we see going on in the church. And not only just in the church, but happening to the church. Jesus Christ is coming back for a bride that is without spot or without wrinkle. He's not, all the, all the, all the kingdoms of this world are, are falling apart all around us. This is something that is, is going to happen. But I'm always looking at, is the bride making herself ready? And what is the enemy trying to do to the bride to stop her progress to stop the move of God, the hand of God. Because this is, this is how we truly see what's going on. Because at the heart of it all, the devil hates the church. He doesn't hate something that he has his hands already. He hates the, the, the pureness and authenticity of a church that has, been, that has been established by God. He hates that. And he wants to do everything he can do to try to stop the message from the church from getting out to the masses. Can I have an amen, y'all? So 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
verse 1 on down to 10. And the title of my, of my message is, uh, is uh, Terrible Times. Terrible Times. Terrible Times. It says here in verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so from a teaching standpoint, our job as leaders is to, is to by the grace of God, have sound doctrine and then commit that to others so that they can take that message and begin to spread that same message so people can be strong in the Lord. There's a hardship aspect of this that's important. Look what he says here in verse 3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I think this is important. That when you gave your life to Christ, you just enlisted in a war. A lot of people just, they, oh, I want to give my life to God. He can help me pay my bills. He can help me do this. He... I want to meet some new friends. I want to meet, you're going to meet some new friends, but you're going to meet some new devils. And you're going to be exposed to a whole nother world that you were involved in and did not know you were involved in. God, he pulls off the veil and he discloses to us the world that we've been living in. And he helps us to see how, how much we have been influenced, not knowing that we were being influenced. He starts to show us the ways of the world, the lies of the devil, the the foolishness of men, the perverted philosophies, that some of the teaching that we've received in life was wrong. Some of the traditions that we've embraced were wrong. Some of the lifestyle that we live live was wrong. He starts to disclose all these things and he, he saves us and he then begins to teach us that yes, we are in a war and we have to be willing to endure hardships as a good soldier. Somebody say soldier. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. You are a preacher of truth and righteousness. You are someone that God has called out of the fire, has plucked you out. That he might turn around, clean you up, and then use you as an instrument to expose the fire. And to help people understand how to come out. He says in verse 4, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. I can't get caught up in all this stuff. Twitter and Facebook and and news, and this, and get so consumed with this stuff, and get so consumed with the affairs of life, that I fail to realize that my job is to please him who enlisted me as a soldier. That's my ultimate job. Can I have an amen, y'all? Is to please him who enlisted me as a soldier. It doesn't matter what this person is doing. Doesn't matter what that person says, that I have been enlisted and my job is to please my commanding officer. Is to please the king. 
To make sure that in my life, that as I'm going through life, that everything lines up with his purpose and his desire. Because the world is falling apart all around us. But the kingdom of God is a kingdom that will stand forever. Look at your neighbor and tell him forever, forever. Forever. He says, no one entangles him in, in warfare and entangles himself. No one engaged in warfare and entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Somebody say rules. There are rules that are assigned to all of us in the kingdom that we have to align ourselves with. And that's okay. He says in verse 6, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Now watch this, y'all. For which I suffer trouble. It's troubling times, y'all. I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Even to the point of chains. But the Apostle Paul says, but the word of God is not chained. I love this. He says, therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect. That they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, with eternal glory. He says, for I suffer trouble as an evildoer. The world is getting to a place where true, authentic Christianity is, and I want to just say it, it is hated. If you truly draw the line and stand for Christ and not budge on his principles and his desire, his purposes, people will hate you. They will ostracize you. I'm not saying everyone, of course. But there is a great faction that does not care to hear about anything that has to do with Jesus Christ. You can talk about God. Can I have an amen, y'all? But when you start talking about Jesus Christ and him being the son of God and him being raised on the third day. And him being seated at the right hand of the Father as your advocate and as somebody that has died for your sin, then there is a problem. And I want to talk about this openly because it is becoming more and more prevalent for Christian persecution to take place upon the face of the planet. And I don't mean, I mean, we we talk about various biases and persecution, but I want to address the persecution that's coming at the body of Christ. And for the things that we stand for when it comes to God. You know, people say this all the time. Well, people know about what the church is against instead of what they're for. And I say, well, wait a minute. I mean, people need to know what the church is against. And they need to know what the church is for. They need to know both. But what what they're really saying is we don't want to hear about what the church is against. But I don't know about you. I want to know what what Jesus Christ is against. And it's okay for Jesus Christ to be against what he wants to be against because he's God. Can I have an amen? 
And, and it's okay for us to have that aspect of the dialogue so that we can all try to please him and not just satisfy the world. The world is trying to redefine to the church what their value system should be. And the, and they, and the world should never define to us what the values of the kingdom of God should be. God defines to us what the, what the, what the values of the kingdom are. And our job is to align ourselves with those values and to promote those values, stand firm on those values, and be consistent and live out those values in our own lives without apology. Without apology. And so what happens here, we see here, that, and I like what he says, is he says, I may be chained, but I love it, but the word of God is not chained. At some point in time, all of us have to get rid of our self-preservation and see that the things that Jesus promised in this book, things that are going to happen in this book, some of them are happening right before our eyes. And in this country, it's easier to talk about persecution because we don't get as much of it as we see in other countries right now. I've talked to you guys about going into Vietnam and preaching in a communist country where the pastors, we had to sneak in and do all this stuff and get in the hotel room and we're there and the pastors are sitting there crying. Because they can't, because if they get caught preaching the gospel, they're going to get thrown in jail. And so the the issue is, is we have to start getting our hearts prepared whether you're on your job and people don't want to talk to you because you're a Christian. Whether you're even in your family members. Don't want to have, don't, they don't want to have anything to do with you because you're a Christian and you, you love God. And you're trying to do what's right in the sight of God and just walk with God. And I've always been amazed that when I was acting a fool, nobody said nothing. <laughs> Come on over, praise Allah, yes. Now they won't even call you back for Christmas. But when you were coming to the house drunk, they didn't say nothing. (laughs) Aren't you grateful that you're not chained anymore, amen? But the issue here, and this is what I want to address, and I'm trying to draw from this one verse, though, that the Word of God is not chained. At some point in time, we have to get rid of our self-preservation and our feelings of, of uh, insecurity in regards to our faith and develop an intimacy with Jesus that we need and then continue to herald the message that God has given us through his word, not just our personal opinions, but through his word, what he's saying. That is going to cause a stir, but it's also going to bring liberty. It is going to cause a stir, but it's going to also bring liberty into people's lives. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you have to stand. You have to stand. The heart of it all is that the word of God is not changed. You may be. Apostle Paul in this situation, he's in bondage and chains. But his perspective was right. As a good soldier, I'm going to stand with God. And if it means that I'm I am in a a situation where I'm chained. As long as the word of God isn't chained, I'm okay with that. This was his passion. 
It was his desire. He was left for dead. He was kicked out of cities. He was talked about. He was lied about. There was confusion concerning his ministry. He had to prove himself in Jerusalem. He had to go back to the Gentiles and, and, and make his way even in synagogues. And, and he was always in a, in a mode where he was trying to get the message out even though he himself was not necessarily always accepted. But he was willing to do this. He went to Ephesus and there was riots in the city. Because the pagans in the city, they wanted the, the, their images of the great goddess Diana. And those that were making the images knew that their wealth would be affected by his ministry. So they created a riot in the city and ran him out of there. This was a part of the hardship of, of, of walking with God and being a minister of God and sharing your faith and being an ambassador. That there's going to be a time where we're not always accepted, but is the word being released? That we have to be okay with that. Because this is the day and age in which we are living and it is getting heavier. People are becoming more vocal with their animosity towards authentic Christianity. If you say that you're against something, they'll start labeling you all these phobia words. Words that I don't even know. I'm like, what is that? I'm not even going to look it up. This sounds stupid. And I know I'm not that. I'm just trying to do what God says. Can I have an amen? They'll start labeling you this and that. And then they'll start saying, you know, and this is what's going on in the world in terms of the church. And we have to be willing to stand. I'm not going to your church. Because you guys don't believe in this. And you guys, well, listen, well, then go to another one. Just go somewhere and serve Jesus Christ. I don't believe in your God. Well, that's up to you. One day you're going to meet him. I don't, I've stopped trying to fight with folks. I'm not Jesus. You're going to fight. Okay, well, if you don't want to, that's fine. All I know is I tried to tell you. Now, let's go to lunch. <laughs> let's go. Acts chapter 12. I want to read this story. And this is going to really, really be a picture also of what, is what, of what we're talking here, talking about here. Acts chapter 12, verse 1 on down. And in this passage of Scripture, we're also going to see our great answer. And this answer is not just for the leadership of the church. This is for all of us. This is the answer for all of us. As we go through these times. It says here. In Acts chapter 12 verse 1. Now about that time. Herod. The king. Stretched out his hand. To harass some. From the church. Then he killed James. The brother of John with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to see Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Saints, always remember 
That, and I want to say this right, when it comes to Christianity, and you've heard me say it many times, Christianity is not a popularity contest. And this is something that really happened. This is what transpired. He saw that it pleased the people. He saw that he was able to get a reaction from people. Never allow the crowds to deceive you. Just because something is popular does not mean that it is right. And the the church at large has suffered from insecurity. And as a result of that, we think that that success is totally tied to how many people we have supporting us or how many people that, that, you know, like us. And we have to see that when it comes to the kingdom of God, although we are not in the minority, we are in a world that is in direct opposition to the kingdom of God and does not like God's rule. And that is okay. As long as we understand that we don't, the problem that we have in the church is that we will change the rules to please people and then we will lose our relationship with God. We have no right to change the mandate. Can I have an amen, y'all? We are not the creator God. He alone has the, the right to do what he wants to do. Our job is to align ourselves with his word. And so for us, we see that in this situation that Herod saw that it pleased the people. And so he was emboldened and inspired by this. And they seized him. They threw him in prison. But how many know this is not the end of the story? Because... God ultimately is the great judge, and he knows how to fight for every single person in this room. Can I have an amen? Look what it says here in verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the who? The church has power when we learn how to pray. The Bible says that these individuals, and I've talked about this for years, these individuals knew the value and the power of prayer. So when it came to Peter being in prison, and make no mistake about it, you and I know this, his life was at stake. The church went into prayer mode, which they knew had the power to change the situation. I'm not so sure they knew how much power they're going to have when you watch this, when we read this. But it has to be clear in all of our minds that prayer is a powerful force for us as the men and women of God. But prayer can't be just something that we do when we're in trouble. It has to become a lifestyle. These individuals were intimate with the Lord. They were acquainted with his voice and he was acquainted with theirs. And as a result of this, as they begin to pray to the God of the universe, who has all power in his hand, who is the great El Shaddai, the great El Elyon, the mighty God, the God who's created the heavens and the earth and breathed life into your body and gave you existence, who formed your soul and your spirit and your body, 
that everything about you, he is created. He knows about it. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he knew Peter was going to be in this situation. And he knew he had a church that was going to pray. Can I have an amen? We got to get to this place in our lives. When we understand the power of prayer and that we're not, we're not praying to Buddha. We're not praying to Muhammad. We're not praying to Confucius. We're not praying to some false god. We're praying to the God that sits high. My God, don't get me started. I need to sit down. Because you start thinking about God and how powerful he is. And that when he moves, nobody can stop him. When he starts to rise, nobody can stop him. When he starts to get involved in your situation, nobody can block him. That when you begin to pray, you're praying to the God of the universe. The God that walks on water. The God that heals the sick. The God that raises the dead. The God that will take you and get you off drugs right now. That the God that will fight your battle. We're not just praying. You're not praying to me. You're not praying to your neighbor. You're not praying. When you pray to Jesus, when you pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus, there's power in that. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of the Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Understanding.